Welcome to starting with today's The Power of Creating It. This month, we're celebrating Women's History Month. And tonight, we have the Alexia Clancy of Capsoak, who is here to share her experience of entrepreneurship, black womanhood, and how you are trying to balance it all. Um, so stay tuned, grab something to drink, and come meet us back for this great and lively discussion. Hey, hey, thank you. All right, we're getting started. Joining us. Yeah, you accepted that fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all close to the screen. Dang, I gotta back up. Hey, hon. Hey, sorry, I How feel like it's you? a little dark in here. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good, thanks so much for joining us. I know that you are busy running around this globe. <laughs> I'm so <always>. busy. <laughs> it, you know what? It is what it is. I, I thought about the fact that it's a lot of things going on in life right now, but also that's one of the biggest things about entrepreneurship is that you got to handle business and take care of those things. So um, definitely a big major thing to know that you're signing up for in this case. That is so true. And that brings me back to one of the first, you're one of the first, people I followed early in the Twitter uh, career that was entrepreneur. Oh, back when, but back it, when I was saying anything. <laughs> it was a wild, wild west of Twitter. It was a wild... <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, Twitter, the early days. Um, but one of the things I appreciated about you even then is that you were very authentic with your voice and with your brand. And I was just, I saw so much of my own potential in you being very honest and candid about who you were and what you stood for. So mm -hmm. let's start there. Let's introduce you to the people. You're already famous. So, <laughs> <laughs> but let's just, for anyone who's new, um, let's bring them in and, and introduce you. And I'll write a comment while we're here. Okay. Hola, folks. Hola. So tell us a little bit about you in um, so, your company. Okay. So I am Alexia Quincy. I run CapSoch. It was uh, originally called Capitalized Social. And then over time, as things have evolved, services have evolved, the teams have evolved, um, even kind of tightening up like who we are, what we do, right? All of those things have evolved over time. And it has been revamped to CapSoch. So the name of it is CapSoch. Um, we are a digital marketing firm, so we develop out all the social media strategy uh, for our clients and help amplify their voice and the impact that they have through whatever products and services they offer to the world. So the cool thing about the work that we do is that we're just amplifying, you know, other folks who are making an impact, right? So um, it's our way of kind of also spreading the good word, and, and most of our clients are either black owned business or have uh, a give back component to communities that are undervalued, et cetera. So it's a really good opportunity to um, see other people's business grow. Can you tell us a little bit about when you started and how you knew that was your mm -hmm. niche? I know you've done, um, you're well educated, well traveled, reverse. Um, how did you hone <laughs> mm -hmm. in your many skills to be like, this is what I want to do with mm -hmm. my career? Well, I love when people ask me about how or why I started this, because even almost kind of how you just did it, it always feels like people want to frame it like you always knew you wanted to do it or how did you decide? I didn't really decide anything. I couldn't find <laughs> a job. 
I got out of grad school and I was already doing this work, right? So I was in grad school for intercultural communication. So I was interested um, at first in public policy and foreign service, um, started getting interested in private sector and started doing some work in social media space just because I was being kind of lazy in school and was like, oh, I'm on Facebook at the time and I can do all my projects using social media. And so I got more savvy on it and did more of like the academic work within uh, networking. And so I started to work with a few people around the area of DC at the time. Right. And then it just kind of grew from there. So after I finished with grad school, I couldn't find any other type of job that I was thought I wanted to do or was looking for. Um, and so basically I said, well, I'll make this my thing. And then from there, it's just, you know, gone up, but definitely lots of ups and downs. But um, that's how it started because I had a good opportunity to where I was staying in a place where I did not have overhead, you know? And so mm -hmm. it's yeah. not like you come out the gate making a whole lot of money or anything. Right. I was just able to make it work. So that's kind of really the story of how I got started with everything. That's so similar uh, to me, well, different, but similar. But like one of the things mm -hmm. I was doing before I started starting with today was looking for jobs in the nonprofit sector. And I had worked mm -hmm. at like on the intro entry level, but there were none for like mid management to, to break in, and especially in DC, mm -hmm. where it's the nonprofit capital of the world. Um, and so I was like, I didn't see programming for people who look like where I came from that were ran by people where I came from. So I was really mm -hmm. important to kind of fill that gap for me. And that's kind of where I started. It's like, this, if I found a job, I probably would have <laughs> not taken this path um, that, that optimizes my gifts and, you know, how. Um, we see the community that, that we serve. Um, so that's mm -hmm. really, really powerful. I think one of the things that uh, drew me to you in your work is like, A, it, was just, it felt so uh, an extension of who you are. And then B, I felt like you were just so, um, you know, just willing to share your experiences, your challenges, your relations. I met you in D.C. some years back. Mm. And, uh, and I think one of the things that stood out was like you were I was in the audience I was like I'm just gonna come in and get my little notes come back you <laughs> like I know you <laughs> I was like what but she was so down to earth so approachable and so honest and real and you really talked to me about um at that point I had not gone to full-time entrepreneurship um but I think I did in the next year so it was like but you like it's gonna be ups and downs but you have to trust that like the, the next check is going to come and like it's going to be the bottom yeah. may fall out but it's going to feel back. <laughs> like you was just like and imagine how many years ago that was I at that point I thought I was seeing some ups and downs and that's <laughs> many more after that so <laughs> it's like it, it never really stops it's one of those things where you really need to enjoy what you're doing and you really you really have to have like a purpose in it otherwise like sure you could go do anything else and also it's not for everybody so and that's no. fine um to your point like if if somebody offered me something that made sense that was a crazy amount too then sure why not right like i don't right. think there's anything wrong with whatever job you have but what i won't do and what i refuse to do is work in a space or with people or in any type of area or industry uh-oh No warning on my phone, so there. Oh no! Trials and tribulations. 
my, my whole thing did a little alert. Um, but what I won't do is work in a space where I'm waking up every day like, oh, I don't want to do this, right? Or like, you know how sometimes folks seem like just super miserable with their job. Yes. And yet also work is work and nobody wants to do none of that. So like when people still ask about like how much I love what I do, et cetera, it's like, okay, I still wish I wasn't doing anything. Like, let's be real. So, and maybe this is speaking to what you were talking about earlier, where it's like, let's be real. If we didn't have to work. I wouldn't be doing this either. I'm not just trying to be like super entrepreneur out here for no reason. Like, um, but it's doing very well. I love the impact that it has on people. I love the um, ability to, to pay folks, have people on my team, et cetera. Like, you know, there's just so many benefits to it. Um, and anytime I have thought about doing something else, like going to work somewhere or whatever, it just, I don't know, it just never feels like really right. So for me, I'm, I'm cool sticking here where I am. Same. I, 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 that resonates so deeply on on a spiritual level. The leap has been crazy. Um, I, I mm -hmm. quit August 2019, so less than six months mm -hmm. before the pandemic. Um, had no idea we were, we were headed uh, in the bottom. Has fell out a couple of times, but now it's like hmm, you make it, you know. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is, you know what? That is one thing to where I don't know if maybe muskin has gotten too thick, but I feel like what happens is like I have a really low tolerance for complaining now because people will talk about you know issues that they have, and it's like okay like I don't know at this point I'm just a problem solver and I'm, I'm just used to all the things that have to get done and and that you have to move through and so I also do have friends though who sometimes are like mad because I'm not that person to really vent to right like I'm trying to find a, a solution and move on to the next thing um so you know sometimes it does have uh repercussions with like your personal life and relationships and things like that because you're so used to like go 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 or you're so used to like figuring things out um or, you know, you may feel like you don't have time to do a lot of those things or to give the attention where you need to as well. So there's a lot to kind of balance with it. Absolutely. Let's talk about your upbringing and what pieces of that that you mm -hmm. feel um, comes through your work and shapes how you got to your, your values. If people don't know you very pro-pro-black, mm -hmm. um, your emojis are the darkest mm -hmm. emojis. <laughs> Yeah, my friend hates them. I love using them all the time. They're like, who is that? <laughs> that is me. <laughs> um, but what, my, tell but us you, a little bit about how you got to this point um, that, that, yeah. that shapes your work. Because you're very intentional with your work, as you said. So, but I'll actually say it's more kind of recent um, how I've let those things really be a part of the work, right? Mm -hmm. What happened was that it was literally like one day, probably... 2019 maybe even 2020 like sure I've always been like pro-black all of these things and yet there was a point around 19 or 20 where I was kind of feeling like all right what's the point of this like you know I was at work I was doing stuff with clients mm -hmm. but it wasn't intentionally in those spaces or or to help in those in those ways mm -hmm. um and I just wasn't really yeah. feeling the work that much so what I did I remember mm -hmm. this one day what I did was I pulled out one of my 5,000 whiteboards and I just started writing all the things that I care about. Um, and so I was, I was writing about like, okay, empowering uh, black communities and, and women, all the different things I wanted to, to, that I care about. Right. And then I literally like, this sounds so phony, but like, I literally looked at that list and then looked at my work and started trying to write down, like, how are the ways that I do something in that space? 
And mm. I did, I started to connect the dots, number one, to realize like, oh, so I am kind of doing these things. Right. But now I moved, I moved the work and I moved the company to be more intentional about it. And so that was really almost kind of the start of that revamp to where I was like, oh, okay, we, how does our work, how, how does my work reflect me instead right. of me, like the other way around? Um, and so that's when I started transitioning everything. Like, yo, I need to work with people that I like around products that I care about, uh, that helps communities that I care about. Otherwise, like I'm not doing it. Um, and that's what makes it all a little bit easier. And it's, I mean, it's a blessing and fortunate to be able to have that option, right? Because at the beginning of business, sometimes you don't. And I used to do all kind of work that I was like, whatever, boring or, you know, just kind of dry or whatever. But I think that over time, I've been able to make my work a reflection of me. And that's what makes it easier. <laughs> and that's also why, you know, when people are kind of like, oh, you're always working. It's like, no, it's not necessarily that. They're just, the two things are just very aligned. Um, and I think alignment is important with your work and your values. I love that. I love that. And I I feel the same way. I was talking to a good friend. And one of the things that happened when I was working for either other another um, local government or county governments, you have these great mm -hmm. ideas and you might have to partner with someone who didn't get it or you get so far in the project and you have to like come back and like now it's like I can go from idea to execution with you know little leeway and be able to create and that is such a reward it's so fulfilling because my efforts typically aren't in vain the same way I feel like they were um, working for another another mm -hmm. uh, company um and then of course I get to to work with people that I adore and inspire you know uh I think mm -hmm. it really takes away some of the weight of the work because it is a lot of work um let's talk a little bit about tools and schedule because you mentioned your right board right board game 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 yeah you gifted me this beautiful planner mm -hmm. um last year where I was having a breakdown you were like oh this. yeah <laughs> And you know what? I don't even use that one anymore. Like, so that's Please. one thing too. I would say like, you always have to be open to yes. evolving like your processes and how you, how you're productive, how you're organizing, how you're scheduling. And I've always been like that, right? Like I've always Same. been like on this quest of how can I be the most productive or feel like I'm getting the things done I need to get done or whatever it may be. And so now I have a whole new process that I do, which <laughs> I don't know, it, maybe it's not that different, but just little things changing just makes mm -hmm. things more effective for me. Um, and I've been doing like really well with that. And then as things change, I don't know if it's me, the work or whatever, but then you're always open to being adaptable to that and that also changing. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely rotate. I have several, I have a whiteboard with words. I mm -hmm. write down stuff. I have a planner. I have chart paper. It's a lot of different um, tools that I use. What's what process, like, what's your day look like now? Um, mm -hmm. And how does that, I know every day is different, I'm assuming, like mine. Um, but, you know, what's kind of part of your mm -hmm. your routine that you kind of need to get in um, every day or every mm -hmm. week? Well, you know what? Every day is not that different for me anymore. Really? And, and maybe that's why things, like, move along even better. Okay. And also, nowadays, I have more time than ever to like watch Netflix or chill or like I what? hang out with my friends okay. more. Where's it's weird. Let me get my it's weird. <laughs> so I've been the I've literally I've been the most productive in the last couple months and also like with work, but also like literally every other day, like I hang with my friends on the weekends. I, I don't do anything or I hang with my friends. Um 
I have time to read. Uh, I have, I literally like, I binge watched uh, Netflix shows. I'm like watching like two hours of, of Netflix a day too. Um, and I still get my seven, eight hours of sleep. Nice. So, so what I'll say about that, about routine and about like production for me right now, that's working um, is like I hop up, I do my coffee. I, I take one of my whiteboards now that I use and I look at my calendar for the day. Um, and what I do is I, I have, what does it say? It says, um, biz dev, no, yeah, b- new business or biz dev clients and then capsule stuff. So based on what's on my calendar, um, I'll put in like, if I have a meeting, if it's an internal meeting that goes in like the capsule stuff, um, if I have a client meeting that goes down there. So I think one of the biggest things I've realized is that when we're thinking about the things you have to get done today, you have to also, um, include and think about how much time it takes just having all these zooms and stuff all day right so it's it's okay if today i had five meetings and you may not have that whole other list of things to do that you get done so based on that right i'll start to put down like okay here's the meetings i have to do look at the next day and it's like okay i probably have to prep an agenda for this or this or you know what do you have to prep for tomorrow that has to get Mm -hmm. done today and then outside of that it's okay what are those couple top things that you need to do um as far as like actually typing or or writing or whatever it may be and so now I have this very clean list and I I, you know I have other lists of like 5,000 things we have to just brain up all the things to get done and there's really 5,000 things to do but when I'm looking at a list oh and then I have the personal so that's like my workout or I got to return something to the store or whatever right right um so as I'm going through the day I'm literally just crossing the things out and it may just be five or six things but once I cross them all out I feel good and it's like yeah. oh those were the things I had to do today right outside of that it's like okay I'll start to chill uh, I might cook or eat watch some tv chill and then lately I've kind of started having like a second win like around like seven o'clock ish or so okay. and I might I might hop in um and like you know just do a couple emails or something but then what tends to happen is once you start then you just kind of get in a little groove and I might work yeah. for a couple more hours so True. um so that's kind of like how I've been moving and it's been working pretty well. Um, another big key that I'll say too, is that I've really gamified my email. So instead of me having like 500 messages, like I literally all through the day, I'm trying to figure out how can I get back to zero? Um, and I, and, I, and that doesn't mean I get to zero every day because I do not. Right. But like right now I probably have like 10 emails and that's not crazy and I'm traveling and the most is happening. So um, what I do is like, you know, when I am checking my email, it's like, all right, what can I send to somebody else to do or do a quick response or just delete the email. But like, I can put this on one of my action trackers or something later. Right. So I just want to keep it down, keep it down, keep it down. Um, And it's like, every time something comes in, I just want to, how can I get this out the way? Um, So I love when I get junk mail now, because it's like, that's out, that's out, that's out. (laughs) Right. Um, If somebody's like, Hey, um, can I get an update on this? I might, then I slack somebody and say, Hey, uh, this person needs an update. Or if I can do it really quick, I'll do it. But to just kind of attack things quickly in that way or just get them out of the way um, has been a game changer because I think sometimes I would get like a lot of anxiety just seeing all the stuff, right? Um, and even now, something you still do, especially when it's like Google Drive and somebody's just commenting 500 things on a doc or something. I like that too, <laughs> because it's like, well, let me delete 499 of them and I see the one so I can right. go back to the sheet and then do it later. Right. Um, so that's been a big thing too. Instead of like avoiding the things, mm-hmm. just like hopping in and just move it to where it needs to be. Um, I love that's that. That's been a big I'm, key. I'm definitely going to uh, try to attempt. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking. I don't even want to talk about it. Okay, I don't. 
I don't want to mention them, but it does cause anxiety. How many emails do you have right now? Um, 3,921. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah, I probably have 10. Um, uh, and when I woke up this morning, I had six. And so some of them I'll leave with, you know, you know, sometimes people get too extensive in the emails. Like, all right, let me do this when I can do it. Right. Um, but yeah, like, so today, like I went through some of my emails and I just started a doc of like all the things, you know, for this one client and, and just started kind of putting stuff there. So really like, I just got to move things around. I don't like seeing a bunch of stuff in front of me. I, I understand that. I've been really trying to work on more of like doing blocks, like, okay, I know today was crazy. I probably wasn't going to get to it, but maybe tomorrow morning I have a two-hour block to work through emails. If I owe you email, you're on here. You're getting mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you kind of got to know, you know, who needs something kind of quick and who is just exactly. like, whatever. Um, so, you know, all of these factors uh, combined is like, all right, let me get this stuff out of the way. Um, but one of the things you spoke to, too, which has been something that I've been trying to get out of this quarantine Mm-hmm. But in depression cycle into like more of my brain is working again is you know of course exercise taking vitamins mm-hmm. um, getting sunlight has been really critical for me but then also like kind of creating some structure mm-hmm. um my routine has been beneficial i'm not at the chill part every day where you are mm. let me tell you something else and i'm not even trying to make y'all be hating on your girl but I'm really proud of this because you know what? I just added another activity to my schedule. I do tennis lessons on Tuesdays and Thursdays now. So I, okay, I, I, I literally, I work out with a trainer and, and he lives so far away. So that's like two hours of my time, even to get there, do it and come mm, back. Right. Or really right. two and a half um, somehow. And I'll, I go at 12 PM, 1 PM, like random. Um, no. I go to my trainer Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Tuesday, I go to a tennis lesson at five Thursday. I go to a tennis lesson at five. Um, so it's something about what I've seen is like the more things I add to my schedule, the better the tighter I am, you know, during my time. That um, is that might be it because I'm just now getting out of that right, but my schedule's been picking up. Like I had a mm-hmm. full weekend and so I've been forced to move a little bit quicker. But maybe that's it. I was thinking maybe for me it's a touch points with mm-hmm. people and getting, you know, more sunlight, but it may be also the forced schedule that um, you know, it's not an infinite amount of time. To well, that sun is important, and that that is a game changer right. because the winter time, I just have to be kind to myself and let that that shit just rock. Because <laughs> I would be like calling it a day at like four o'clock, and just like I can't, my brain goes dead when when the sun goes down. But I will say, like even in the last couple of weeks, um, I was complaining because I had so many zooms like back to back and meetings. But I also, like, looking back at it, I felt so good that week mm. in general. Like, I was being productive. And then so the week later, I had less meetings. And I also realized, like, with less, like, things that I either have to be prepared for or, like, that make me have to be somewhere, I'm, I'm, I am moving kind of slow. Or, like, I'm not getting mm. as much done. So, like, I really, like, just throw everything in that schedule. But, again, like, it's important to recognize that I'm scheduling the play. I'm scheduling the like right. the hangouts like you know yes. shout out Sean I just saw she hopped in for a second like you know we're gonna make sure we go to our brunches and like do the yeah. things and, and yeah. go to dinners yeah like it's not all about work like you can make the time to do all the things it's just really about being clear on what's priority that's that needs to get done day to day so like that first thing I was talking about with how I organize like what's the things to get done um it's helpful because once those are done to me everything else is extra so I mean you got to make time to like just kind of chill 
And the crazy thing is I know also at the end of the day, the work that I'm doing, I'm probably still doing like five times more than a lot of people, you know, maybe doing just going to their office or, or whatever. So like, you know, just be kind to yourself. You don't have to be like sitting on your laptop or like doing things for 10 hours a day. You really don't. I love that. And uh, I had a friend recently who was just like, make sure you're giving yourself every day something you're looking forward to, whether it is, you mm -hmm. know, uh, again, like you said, watching a show or talking to a friend. For me, often involved like some sweet or some candy. I need to find other <laughs> substitutes <laughs> to reward myself. Mm -hmm. Um, hmm. But that has been helpful too, just to making sure that I'm taking care of myself and being really kind to myself. Yeah. Uh, we got a comment that says, "So true." Reminds me of elementary school and Not elementary. Right <laughs> elementary. <laughs> that's what it says. <laughs> the right schedule, but gave so much structure. Got it. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, how tight? How tight schedule? Okay, great. Um, so let's talk about Capsoch and some of the things you've been able to do. What are some of the things that mm -hmm. you're most proud of? I am. I mean, I'm blessed to, 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 you know, you've always been, like, their friend in my head, but, like, now. <laughs> I didn't think you're my friend. When I came back to D.C., we hung out. Um, we did. I haven't been in a while, though. I am kind of I know. I know. Um, uh, and you're so fun to hang out with, like, just in general. <laughs> but, like, you know, I was a fan first, you know, and. Um, Not a fan. <laughs> so, you worked with so many big brands, so many big people um so tell us some of the things that you're proud of some of the mm. things that has you know been some historic moments for you so far you know so what? far I don't, I don't even know if I would say like I work with the biggest brands as much as like I've been able to make and be a part of brands growth so like mm. for example I'm super proud of the work that we did with uh Black and Bold the coffee brand that was owned by two black guys because when we started working with them the back of their e-commerce store was like 2k a month and then literally within six months it was over 100k now this year and this was in 2020 this year they, they've crossed the milli the million dollars and i'm wow. not saying that's all social media by any means either right but but it's a good kind of, of way to like you know we're really amplifying the stories the things they care about they really wanted to have these conversations about black people in the space um mm -hmm. they were unapologetic about the things that they wanted to do and, and talk about and I think it's a really good example of how when you're really like tight on like what you care about and letting that show, like sometimes people are scared. And I'm always disappointed when I work with, especially like black people who are scared to be like, they not have a black focus. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, but that's the supporters. And that's the people who, you know, are sitting here on your stuff following you and talking about you the most. Um, exactly. So, you know, you got to honor that. Um, I got an opportunity to work on the Biden campaign nice. last year. Look, I can't keep up with the years now. 2020. Okay. Um, I'm proud of the way I'm proud of a lot more internal things, actually, than things we've done outside. Um, but I'm, I'm proud of the work that we're doing with D.D. Hirsch, which is the biggest mental health services organization out here in Southern California. They're the ones who answer the suicide hotline. Um, yeah. We started working with them. It's like, yo, y'all are a $62 million organization and you provide so much in services, counseling, therapy. They have multiple kind of spaces that people can go to get help, et cetera. They have a big suicide prevention center in LA. And yet, you know, you go on your social and your stuff and it's like nothing really happening here. Mm -hmm. And there's such a big opportunity. You know how popular now like mental health communities yes. on Instagram and social yeah. are. And so to go in and be like, listen, let's make your social a place where people can get resources and stats in interesting ways. So we, we kind of re revamp their look of like these sliders around mental health. 
Um, you know, we get to focus on black mental health, youth mental health, and all these spaces um, that they are passionate about, but they let us actually create content and have those conversations around it. Um, mental health is health month is coming up in May. So we're about to be doing a whole lot of activation with them on that as well. Um, and we just consulted. You did with, the walk with them last year as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a suicide walk. walk in uh, September. They raised, I think, like five hundred thousand dollars from that. Wow. Um, they'll be doing the fundraising all throughout May as well. So things like that make it really fun. Yeah. Um, but even some of the smaller folks, like um, folks like Blackleaf Tea, and you spoke with Amber. You had her on, I think, last yeah. Wednesday. Even to kind of give those folks insight, right? When you're new with your business and new yeah. to like really like going all in with it. Um, being able to work with folks like that and do the research and show them what other people are doing that's successful, giving them kind of kind of seeing them have like, oh, I never thought about that um, kind of looks when, you know, we're talking about what have you thought about this idea or that idea? So I, that's really what I love, right? To spark yeah. that in folks like, oh, I never thought about that. And I think a lot of times we can be so like entrenched in what we do and the work yeah, that, that we take it for advantage or for me, I know I take, take um, or take for granted rather that everybody doesn't know some of the things I think are like basic. Right. So there's been times yeah. I'm like, Oh, they probably didn't get nothing out of this talk or, or me having a conversation with them about their social or whatever. And yet it's so always surprising to me. I'll be on the phone with somebody who just call and just want to ask a quick question. And I'm like, Ooh, what have you thought about doing this? And then you can do this and add this component. And they're like, man, you're a genius. Like, you, should, you, you are know, a genius. Like, and like, they'll be like, oh, it's so awesome and great. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I thought that was kind of a, you know. And that's that's been my experience too, you know. And I and you know, I, I want a budget so I can hire you. But like, one of the <laughs> things that you know, I have on the call. I think one of the things you're really good at is taking um, convoluted or complex information and really making it succinct and. Uh, streamlining it in in really tangible ways um, that I think once you're in it, like it's it's really hard to see until you step away and mm -hmm. have some fresh So I think uh, yeah. that's one. Um, yeah, and that is important, right? And sometimes mm -hmm. I think about that for me too. Is like also sometimes I need fresh eyes. So it's like you know, True. how do I get a step away? Um, from you know what's going on to think out of the box because it's really easy to kind of do the same kind of tactics and the same things yeah. as well some of which are in your toolbox because they work and they're effective yeah. I think the biggest thing is having the care and the extra step to take the things out of your toolbox sorry every time somebody notifies me on my phone it goes black but to <laughs> apply that specifically to that client or to that person in a way where now that's authentic for them or it really gets a point yeah. across it doesn't just fall flat um, so that's why, you know, for a while, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how can I make things like way more cookie cutter because like, yeah. I don't, I feel like I'm a pen in the wheel every time. And yet I got to a place where I realized, oh, it's the same tools, but like, how do we tweak them for the right person to make it more effective, um, et cetera. And like, that's okay. Masterminds don't always Thank you. Look, oh, I need to say that. <laughs> Yo, say that for me. <laughs> Let me remember that. That that is how it feels though. But but like I just see this stuff all day, every day, and it's just like, oh, okay, cool. But um yeah, like people don't think like that. Um Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think um it, you have uh many guests. I think that's one of the things that kinda I know you mm -hmm. worked with Black and Bow, you mentioned them and you mm -hmm. connected or worked on a campaign with Ben and Jerry's, um mm -hmm. to do some ice cream, which is phenomenal. Um, right. And it's like, how do you get, go from like, you're selling coffee, you know, in your garage or whatever to like, you got a Ben and Jerry's 
collab and like stuff like that is really cool. And I think a lot of times also for a lot of the uh, clients that I have that are maybe folks of color or coming from a certain space where it's like, you know, I might not know the first thing about how to do stuff like that. Exactly. It's, it's exciting. And I'm glad also for the exposure that they're able to show to other people um, that you can do these types of things. So um, mm. I love everybody that I work with because they actually have like a great product or a great service. Mm -hmm. Right. Also, yeah. so, you know, everybody I work with, they make it easy because it's not like we're trying to lie and make things up. I think right. that's one of the biggest things about social that people complain about when it comes to like uh, individuals like, oh, you just aren't here, you know, tweeting anything like people don't know you in real life. You're right. Um, but when it comes to this stuff or like your brand, like this is not transparent. Like it has to be transparent. Like people know what's mm -hmm. really going on and what's not going on. And so it makes the most sense to like do what's really you and like be reflective of like what y'all are really doing, what you we really are, et cetera. That... It's, this, it's so powerful because I think it catapults uh, the possibilities, uh, I know for me, of how we can approach, you know, um, business and entrepreneurship and moving from like the solo entrepreneurship to or solopreneur mm -hmm. to really building, you know, a brand and being able to hire people and scale mm -hmm. the way um, that we, I definitely believe a lot of our products should be able to do, but there's still so many uh, barriers. So I think one of those are the things that um, Bringo. So let's talk about, you know, you've talked a lot about like some of the challenges that you experienced, but what are some of the things that you feel like you experienced that was um, a barrier as a black woman? If people don't mm -hmm. know, Alexis is dialed down a little bit today, but she's like, Rihanna, <laughs> fine. Like, she, nah, she said, basically, she's looking bummy today. I am. That's how I said. No, 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 but, but, I, but that's why when I, when we started, that's why I was like, you know what, like, it is what it is, like, it's I what literally, it is. And, and you should have seen me five seconds before we started, because <laughs> I, I was, my hair was, like, all over the place, I, I wasn't doing nothing, um, and I was on my laptop, like, trying to finish some stuff, and I was like, oh, my God, I gotta get ready for this, um, <laughs> but I completely understand, but, like, what do you feel like some of those barriers are, do you feel, I know there's been times where I feel like, as a woman, or what people would, you know, consider, you know, aesthetically, um, you know, attractive. I don't, I don't see that many barriers. Really? And, but, but let me explain that because that's one of those things. You know how folk could take something out of context. Like, oh, you don't think black people have barriers? That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I have experienced. So let me just rephrase what you're saying. Um, I have experienced uh, some interactions, some things in a particular way because I am. I really can for sure identified to be like being a woman mm -hmm. um the black woman part probably too right um, so i've experienced certain things right i i've i've spoken at the white house i was teaching to federal agencies at the white house and as soon as i started speaking i literally saw people be like oh and like look up like oh she can speak and i was like okay guys or like even it was the black people afterwards they were like oh wow you did such a great job like wow and it's like guys it was you know what i mean it's not, not that deep <laughs> like would you have said yeah. that if some any old random like white guy went up there and started talking you would have just expected him to sound good mm -hmm. um i've walked into places and again this is another black man i walked into a, a place it was like a real realtor a brokerage and this black man looked at me and said what do you know about social media and i was like what <laughs> like i like this you tell me you built it <laughs> talking about um and, and i remember I, I think about that often actually because that's one of those things like i was so stunned that i didn't say anything i was there to consult to one of the realtors and i was like so stunned i was just like uh like i didn't really say anything and i always think about like 
you know, what I could have said, like, hey, I've worked with a lot of realtors. And like, that was my first, my first client ever before I really made this a business was a realtor who I started working with him for one week. And he sold a house that was like 1.5. Uh, because somebody in Denver emailed him and said, hey, I noticed you had a good online presence and social. Can you sell my mom's house in Bethesda? So like, wow, what the fuck do you mean? Like, what do I know? Right? Like, so, right. so like, if I, I think back about back to those things, and they shock you in the moment, and it's like, okay. Um, so I can I can recall certain interactions and experiences uh, that make me aware of the fact that people might be expecting something different or looking mm-hmm. at me different. But I also recognize that as a woman, and as a black woman, I also have way more advantages in that I can really tighten in on and hone in on being in this space of, hey, uh, this is no digital blackface over here. Like I have a team of black folks who is talking to black people or who is right. creating these campaigns, right. um, who knows what we're talking about, right? Like who can talk about music, culture, et cetera. And it, it doesn't have to be so phony or whatever. Right. Um, and so I also see it that way. And like, I, I wouldn't necessarily say like, I feel like I'm held back or have a barrier as much as I have so much opportunity because there are quite a few people, lots of businesses who are looking for those diverse uh, yeah, and agencies. Um, Disney reached out to me because they were like, oh, um, we, we want to have more black agencies to work on Cameron Hall show. So it's no, like, they, the thing is like, I'm, I'm open to be found mostly like via LinkedIn, I think is where they hit me. But like, you know, those opportunities come to you because you're in that space. So that's something I think that most people shouldn't shy away from or be afraid to, to really own. I love that. I think for me, it's been sometimes I allow myself to be in a position where I feel like I need to prove myself or prove mm-hmm. my competency. I think sometimes I take away energy of just actually yeah. delivering. You oh, know? I do that too. Like you always, you always feel like that, right? Like right. I think for, there's a lot of black people always feel like we got to prove something. Um, and meanwhile, everybody else is hella mediocre, right? But <laughs> so true. But, but that's that's also uh, that's also a people thing. Like, yeah. When, but when you own it, and and I even still feel like this sometimes. I, I was going through this. I think like last week. When you own it, and you start to feel like, oh, like I don't want to lose this, or I don't want to lose the, these clients, or opportunity, or whatever. And again, it's like take a step back and recognize like how much you really are doing, and how great of a job you are doing in the first place. Um, but it is really easy to fall into that for sure. I, I agree. Um, but that I think, you know, reshaping and reframing and saying that your asset, you know, regardless, I think is something and I think it's something that we definitely seen since twenty twenty, mm-hmm. since the uprisings for sure, um, where people are seeking out, you know, uh, black voices. And I think one of the things that you mentioned on was like how you do it authentically. You you mentioned your team too. Can you talk a little bit about um, two things. One, how you go about, you know, bring bringing the team, and then also, are mm-hmm. there any clients that you feel like, okay, they weren't a good fit, and like, how do you like? Angry? Oh, I uh, I just I just let two clients go today. What? Uh, <laughs> I I let two go, and then I and then one had to leave because they were such a new startup that they were like, oh man, I can't I can't do this quite right right now, and that's also understandable, right? Because. Yeah. You know, when you're a new business, sure, you understand social is important. We understand all these things are important because I, yeah. I went through the same thing where it's like you can't do everything because you don't have those funds. Yeah. Um, and so stuff like that makes sense. But to answer your second question first, since I already kind of went down that road, you know, I have had clients sometimes where it's like, listen, if this A isn't benefiting us, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that I have no case study for y'all because y'all, you know, we're for whatever reason not being able to get done like what we want to get done. Right. Um, then it doesn't make sense, right? Because I have bigger clients like DD Hurst that I need my people to be focused on if we're going to do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, or if, but I would say there's some folks too where I, it doesn't matter, you know, you can work with them on a smaller dime if they're still impactful and if it makes sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and if all those pieces just aren't there, then they're not there. But again, mm-hmm. I, w- I was just having this conversation earlier today where I was like, I'm so fortunate and I feel so blessed to have the option to be like, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? It's kind of it's kind of not really working out, you know, to, to work with you guys. Um, or even having the option of when people are trying to work with me, being like, yeah, I don't know if this is the best fit. And right. that feels so good because yeah. otherwise, like we said, that's why at first, you know, you're kind of like, I'm taking on everybody I can because you got to make your ends meet and you want to, you want to, you know, make sure you have food on the table. And right. yet every time it's going to be your worst clients. The ones who are paying the least are the ones who are the most nitpicky about things. Like they're I've heard that several in. times with people. Yes. Like it's just across the board. It's where... easier to work with somebody who's going to pay you 50 K a month than to work with somebody who must pay you $500 a month. It is. And, and because that comes with the understanding of, I know I understand investment or I understand what I need to do mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Um, not to say that there's not also probably much more work uh, involved right. in that, but um, it is. And, and so that's something I've kind of learned also is that one of the most important things in entrepreneurship is working with the right folks, like the right clients or like the right, you know, if you have a product, it's still like the right audience that you're catering to. Um, that's the most important thing because it doesn't have to be for everybody. You don't have to be for everybody. And if you can really narrow down a space and like attack that and be known in that space, like you'll be much more successful. Um, over the last year or so doing this revamp, that's kind of what happened where what I did was I thought like, all right, I've had so many different clients from working with uh, the White House to Lala Anthony on a book to a movie nice. to a bank to uh, law school I feel like you did a play with one of the tape people. Oh yeah, the audio series with uh, yeah. Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne and Lawrence Tate and them. Like, it's so many different things, right? Um, art gallery. And so it's easy to be like, okay, this is fine because we work with, with all those people. And yet, over that last year, what I did was I looked at all these people and say, you know what, who's had the actual like best case studies? Um, mm. to, so I can think about like what is the criteria for who I really want to work with? Like, right. who, who has that spark and that thing that's yeah. easy to pop off also? Um, because like I said, I could work with anybody, but if we're not getting a case study out of it, then we're not doing impactful mm. work that matters. Um, so what I came down to was um, kind of three three types of folks that we work with. One is um, kind of like audio slash entertainment, because we did really well with like Bronzeville series that you mentioned, movies, mm. things like that are easy because they're already kind of, you know, people know these celebs or they know mm-hmm. these directors, whatever the project may be, right? So stuff like that is cool. It's just about getting people on board and having cool conversations, et cetera. So that's one space. The other is mission-driven. Mm-hmm. And that includes like the nonprofits, the uh, folks who have big social impact involved, um, even politics to a degree. And then that third one is e-com in that product, if you have a product, right? Because yeah. if you have a product that you're selling, and if my social media strategy can show you, hey, when you do this, you get this many clicks out of every hundred clicks, you get this many sales, you can give people, 
I don't know who's behind me talking all out, but you can give people <laughs> the equation so that they see exactly like, oh, I see how this work directly impacts conversions or sales or whatever. Yeah. And so that just makes sense to do that. Um, and if you have a product, then that means you know exactly kind of like what you're doing, giving conversation around or, or trying to, you know, get people to engage around um, with those things. Same with a mission, right? Mission driven. Right. You, you know what that conversation is going to be around. Right. Um, and then with entertainment, you know what that conversation's around and storytelling. So, and I didn't even think about that part of it, but um, so those are like the three spaces. And it was so funny. And these are all things that I swear, I feel like I, you know, I'm all into self-help books and podcasts and stuff like that. And I think that over the years, I've always heard all these things. And yet I had to really, you know, things like click when they click. Yep. Um, and when I'm like at a space where it's like, all right, I got to kind of change something. So I think what happened was as soon as I was like, all right, we do, we work with this, this and this. All the calls I started getting were around those things. Mm. And I was able to easily. Was able to. Um, be like, yeah, this isn't actually a good fit because it's just something way over here, and it's you know, it's just all. And then people begin to self-select crazy. too, like they begin to self-select mm-hmm. for themselves. Like if you have that very clear too, that mm-hmm. that makes sense too. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned books, and I'm a huge. You can see I got lots, <laughs> lot of books. Um, and, and I listen to a lot of Audible. I have audible another book client now as yeah, well. Really, her name is Michelle Gadsden Williams, and I'm just doing this so I can shout her out too. Um, and she wrote Driven by yeah. Intention. She is uh, one of the very top execs nice. at BlackRock, uh, which is a trillion dollar um, like investment company. Like that's on the financial wow. side. So I apologize if, if I'm messing up the terminology. Um, she's a black <laughs> woman and uh, she just had a book that dropped. And, and the person who sent her my way is, is uh, Ghost Note, one of the guys at Ghost Note Agency who's in DC that I've partnered with mm-hmm. on other projects in the past. And so that's also good to keep in mind is like the relationships you have with other uh, businesses, other folks, um, and people being able to vouch for you and know that they can send folks your way too. And I'm sorry, I just like totally went off from your question about No, but that's really good. (laughs) That kind of ties into it too, because I think relationship has been authentic relationships. Like I know a lot Mm -hmm. of people, especially in DC, like they're very like, I just want to be here and be seen and know touch points. And Mm -hmm. I'm from, I'm from Texas. I'm from the South. I know you have live from the south i'm not sure if you're from the mm-hmm. south though. i grew up um, in north carolina and then my, okay. um i'm in memphis right now so this is where my father's from in memphis okay and so for for me it's like i'm either feeling it or now i'm very energy mm-hmm. driven and um but once that that connection is there it's like we can start from like how deep you want to go uh mm-hmm. i just know that 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 aquarium energy too uh but um i think that has been the most valuable um, assets. I want to see if there's any podcast, book, Audible um, mm-hmm. that you top of mind that you feel like uh, was probably most helpful in your entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of them. Um, so it's kind of changed over time. But as far as podcasts, a couple of the podcasts that really got me going at the beginning are Smart Passive Income by okay. Pat Flynn. He used to always have interviews with folks on on stuff like how to build your email list or mm. um, the science of like your website or um, podcasting, all those things. Right. Let so I like, I like listening to, <laughs> yeah. And if you, he has like hundreds of them now. I thought is, it was just more about passive income, not like. How because he started during a time where like you could, um, you could get paid for blogging, but that time oh. is so different now. Right. So it's yeah. evolved over time, but that's how he got his start. And he was telling other people how to do that. Right. How to hack those things. 
Um, but then it kind of just became about like business in any way. It was still applicable. Another one I really liked, the School of Greatness with Lewis Howes. More back in the day when I feel like it was a little more tactical as well. Now I feel like I hear people's like success stories just in general. And it's like, okay, cool. But they're used to, if you go back to some of the earlier ones, because he has thousands as well. Um, they really like tell you how to do things. Um, um, another podcast that is not business related, um, two podcasts that are not business related, but that I really enjoy are um, Baggage Reclaim by Natalie Liu. And that one's about like dissecting your own baggage to like Ooh. for relationships. Most of it is like kind of romantic relationships, but it's just about family, um, your self-care, all those things. And I just like a lot of those like psychology type joints yeah. because you know, I just like, I, I, that makes a lot of things click for me as well. Um, so those are, those are a couple of the podcasts. Um, there's a lot of books. Uh, there's so many books and let me see how many, what I could think of kind of in the same space as like the last type of podcast I was talking about, like untethered soul, things that are mm -hmm. around, um, you, your mind, your connection with your mind. Um, I like Joe Dispenza has a couple of really good books about, uh, what's the name of it though? It's like, it's like it's about changing who you are and changing your habits um oh yeah baggage reclaim is fire um to the person who put that comment it really is fire i sent it to somebody who was going through a breakup one time and they were like damn this shit good um and she has a really good blog too um so joe dispenza it's like how you like rewire your brain um right now uh i'm reading i mean a couple things there's so many books i have i love that i think one I of the so um one of the ones that come to mind is like we work um mm -hmm. i think really kind of made me rethink about management and mm -hmm. what it needs to look like and how do we deformalize um not only you know what my management style looks like but how our work looks um it's very informal i don't think you need formalities to actually mm -hmm. learn or to gather stuff um and then what is it yeah like that's the thing you got to honor like you have to honor yourself i think we try a lot of times like fit into another thing like another shape um to learn something to be productive or whatever and really you have to understand yourself and like how do you absorb things how do you get things done whatever it is and, and make you can make your world reflect you instead of the other way around i like, love that's that. such a game changer and there was another one it's an audible that i listened to and i can't remember if it's the soul of the earth or something um i i, I know got, right we over here freezing on these books knowing we got hella books, <laughs> hella <laughs> books. but it's the same thing it was more about this um psychological approach to um the world and how we basically need to decenter ourselves mm -hmm. so we can really optimize our our presence in our life yeah that's hard it does but, seem like the, the the less you focus on yourself the more you actually like make moves and part exactly. of that also is because you're kind of removing like that those fears or those thoughts about what people think about certain stuff or whatever. Um, and seeing Carly pop in, I got to talk about my own hey. podcast, huh? <laughs> we have a podcast. He didn't touch too. on that yet. I know we have a podcast too called Carly's Couch. And I think what where that kind of came from also is that you know I listen to so many podcasts and and so many things that my life really has become about you know, it's a constant transformation, constant growth, etc. And just being able to talk about those things. And from a real perspective, like, we like to just talk about what's going on. I'll be talking about how I'm messing up and how I learned this through like a failure and a loss. I think that we focus so much on these panels and success mm. stories that yeah. we don't keep it real about like what's really happening. Um, I've been on quite a few panels, uh, 
I want to say maybe he was at one of them. I've been on quite a few but panels. That's, that's where, where we first met. Afterwards, I'm talking to the people, and it's like, oh, you're not really making a. I'm about to be all cursing. You're not making nothing. Like you're not making no money. Um, I've been on a panel. Where I was like, damn. To be honest, y'all, I I just lost two clients. Like you know, mm. like like keep it real. It's okay yep. because that's what people need to see, as opposed to like idealizing. You know, oh, starting a business and this is how it looks and this is what happens. And it feels so weird when you're really in the space and, and you see people getting spotlighted or highlighted. It's like, it feels kind of fraudulent. Um, and yeah. I'm glad you said it because I, I feel that. <laughs> and yet, though, at the same time, you know, they're also on that same journey where it's like, yeah. okay, you know what I mean? Like, you also don't need to be on stage, like, downing yourself the whole time. Yeah. But I had an idea, and I, maybe I'll bring it to life one day, to have a, a failure panel where yeah. all, we, all we talk about is how we, we messed up something. Um how and you mess up something that and what you got out of it. They used to be like the failure log and people can like mm -hmm. sign into it and <laughs> write funny. their failures. Um, mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of it, but I heard about it on some business podcast. Um, and I felt like it was really good because it really just highlighted big businesses. A lot of times with big business where they lost millions of dollars, but it's the art of mm -hmm. trying is where you really begin to kind of find your niche. Can we talk a little bit before we, we close out? Um, what does your ecosystem of support look like and how do mm -hmm. you cultivate that um, to make sure you we might because look high key I got 3% on my phone it's oh. <laughs> FYI but we are in the last couple minutes okay um, but just in case um, I know right it's, it's been a pleasure in case I, in case I fall off <laughs> um, I was moving so fast and I didn't bring my stuff okay. um, what does my ecosystem look like um you know, quite frankly, lately, my ecosystem looks like a lot of silence and a lot of alone time Ooh, because I'm spending all day in, in like meetings and talking. I'm an introvert, so I get drained. Like the mm -hmm. more the more I'm doing, it drains me. So I yeah. can't, it doesn't excite me to like go out all the time or do whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do spend a lot of time with my friends. Like I said earlier, um, I'm so fortunate and I'm so happy. Like my, a couple of my best friends live literally across the street. So oh, they nice. come over, we have roommate tea. Um, we chill, we hang. I had a, I have a couple of friends. We got a, a F1 group now. Like they'll come over, watch the race on the weekends. Yes. Uh, I have a couple of friends that I go to dinner with. Um, shout out my friend Tro he has his art studio. I'll go down there for a yes. change of scenery. Um, we really get together a lot. And I think that has changed uh, with the pandemic. Like we started yes. to get together a little bit more. Um, got our big group chat and all the things now. And so, you know, I just, I just spend a bit of time with them. But outside of that, like, I really just try to keep it chill um, and relax I love when that. I can. I love that. And I think you're so intentional about, you know, showcasing your friends, showcasing people that you're connected with as well. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate your time. So here, let's tell people how they can find you, mm -hmm. how they can find your business, let them know all your uh, social media yeah. channels. Um, so all of my stuff, I'm trying to write as I talk, all of my stuff is Lextopia, L-E-X underscore Topia, and then all my biz, um, oh, they let me just write in here, boom. All my business stuff is Capsoch Agency, uh, so you can go to capsochagency.com to learn more about the work we're doing, look at the case studies, um, and how we, how we move with attention there, and you can always just follow me on Twitter, Instagram, wherever. He's a great follow, um, y'all. You know button. what? I'm, I've right. been dry lately because I've been too busy. Like that's it's okay. When, whenever you pop in and pop up, it's a it's a you show. We're here for it. <laughs> I, I want to <laughs> do more, but I, that's also draining too, right? Like, like I don't know work. how some of these content creators do it because it's like I remember a time we used to live to like show what everything you're doing. Now it's like I just don't even want to be on my phone for real. So 
um, those things change. But again, I think a lot of this is honoring where you are in the journey. And mm. sometimes just, sometimes you're not into that. And sometimes you are. So yeah. you don't have to force it. I love it. Thank you so, so much for your time, for your generosity, for um, all that mm. you continue to share with us. And I know for me, seeing another Black woman do it has been inspiring and made me, you know, realize it's possible for myself. Thank you. So sending you love and light. Uh, we're hoping you are um many many more years of prosperity to follow you in your business and we'll continue to follow and share um along as well all right thank so that you. wraps up creating i don't get to say power. thank you <laughs> thank you thank <laughs> yes. you charlene um i appreciate you giving me the space for that and um next time i'm gonna be actually at the house and have a ring light and actually try to be cute <laughs> But it's hard for us with times right now. Um, Listen, I get it. There but it's also like the best times for business. So it's, I've done you know, it is some, what it is. Yeah, exactly. I've done some in the rap and that's what it is. And, um, <laughs> you know, I appreciate and I honor you coming in as you are. I think that's so real. Mm -hmm. And um, I appreciate it. All right. So that wraps up this Power of Creating This series, Women's History Month edition. We will do this because I really do want to highlight mm -hmm. um, entrepreneurship and tell people how it can look, especially for black people um, that are taking non-traditional raps, you mm -hmm. can follow Starting With Today at Starting With Today on all social media, except for Twitter, we're Starting W Today. You can follow me, Charlene, at True underscore Charlene on all social platforms. And we will be back uh, in April with some programming, so stay tuned. Mm. Um, and we are excited for a great 2020. Thank 20 you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, bye.